begin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Unsportsmanlike Commentary. This is DC Mello, and I got Tyler here with me. What's going on, Tyler? What's up, buddy? You enjoying your winnings from this last week yet? I am. I am. I got myself a lovely six-pack of uh, Mercenary IPA. It's a double IPA by Odell Brewery. One of my favorite favorite beers out there. That six-pack cost exactly what one fifteen-pack of what I wanted last week, but you threw a fucking fit about it, didn't you? Uh, actually, it was a little bit cheaper than your fifteen-pack by a couple. You of threw dollars. a f- okay, but it was six as opposed to fifteen. Yeah. But, but these have probably like the same amount of like alcoholic content. Whatever. So, you know, there's Whatever. that. So we are here today to talk about our week, uh, week six recap of the games. We're going to tell you guys what we got right, what we got wrong, and what our biggest takeaways are, at least in the first segment. And then in the second segment, we're going to go through our report card. We're going to give you guys our grades, break it down game by game, and let you guys know how we did. So, Tyler, we're going to start with you today. Uh, what do you want to go over first? What, what you got right or what you got wrong? Let, let's, let's, why don't we both start with what we got right? Because you and I collectively, I mean, we took some pretty, pretty big swings and we were wrong <laughs> for, on a pretty big basis this week. Like this was, this was bad. <laughs> this was really fucking, it was a bad week uh, for both of us. But I'll start with what I was right with. Um, I had the Chiefs covering the five-point line. They won by nine points. Um, it was really – this was not your typical Patrick Mahomes type of win. No, no, it wasn't. They ran the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. Edwards Hilaire, 26 carries for 161 yards. Didn't find the end zone again. That would be his second straight week where he rushed for a touchdown in the red zone, but it was called back due to pen, due to an offensive holding penalty. And then the next play, both weeks, passing touchdown to Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. So that's infuriating. But, I mean, 26 for 161, I, I, I that's a great showing for CEH fucking fantasy holders, me yeah. being included in every league that I'm in um, with Le'Veon Bell, who's going to be readily available for uh, next week's game. And I want to add too to what, to your observation there is it wasn't like 161 yards where we had like, you know, one or two huge runs and, you know, and then the rest of it, the rest of it was shit. No, he was getting like six, seven, eight yard chunks very consistently. His longest run of the day was 31 yards. Mm-hmm. On 26 carries, he was averaging 6.2 a clip. Mm-hmm. That is pretty goddamn impressive for someone playing in their right. sixth game as a pro. And that includes – he had a handful of rushes at the end of the game where the Bills pretty much sent everyone, and he got dropped behind the line. So, so even with that, he still, did, he still did pretty great. You all right there? No, I'm, it's fine. It just, it just, apparently, someone decided that I needed to see KC versus Buffalo fucking – uh, recap uh, on my second screen, even though I watched that whole damn game. Um, I wouldn't say it was a, a glaring loss for the Bills because, I mean, they stayed within 10 points against the defending NFC champion or the NFL champs. But, right. I mean, 14 for 27, 122 
two touchdowns, one interception for Josh Allen. I get it was raining, but yeah, I mean, that's why you wear gloves. When we go to the report card section, I'll definitely give you my thoughts on, on the bills and what happened there. But as far as what you were right about with the chiefs, what do you feel like you were most right about with this one? Um, I, I, I honestly, I can't, what I thought I was going to be right about, it wasn't, it wasn't going to be the run game. They controlled the fucking clock. They, mm-hmm. they limited Buffalo's opportunities with the ball. Right. So uh, that's not, that's not what, that's not what the chiefs have been really since Kareem Hunt's rookie season. Um, and that was with Alex Smith, the quarterback. Right. Uh, I, I, I'm surprised at how they won the game, not surprised at the result. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying there. And, you know, if anything, the, the plan of attack that the Chiefs had for the Bills was the one that the Bills should have had or at least should have executed better against the Chiefs. The We're going to run the ball. We're going to take time of possession away. We're going to keep the ball out of the other team's hands as much as possible. That's what the Bills should have been doing better. But like I said, we're, we're not going to talk about the Bills till later. Let's move on. I'll tell you what I got the most correct this week, and that would be uh, everything to do with the Cleveland Browns game against the Steelers. And it really came down to, and I even uh, listened to Minka Fitzpatrick in his post-game interview talking about how they knew they had to come out and stop the run. And we talked about this last week. To stop the Browns, you stop the run. You make uh, Baker Mayfield beat you. And Baker Mayfield definitely did not beat them. He was one for 18. So, excuse me, 10 for 18. Had two touchdowns to one. Uh, oh, man, I'm struggle busting it over here. Had two interceptions to one touchdown. Got sacked four times. Had a QB rating of 5.5, going by ESPN's version of the QB rating. Um, and an overall rating, if you're looking at like the traditional version, of 54.9. So, he really struggled in this one to the point where he got replaced by Case Keenum. Now, was he injured? Was he banged up? I don't know. He did look like he was hurting a little bit, but at the same time, I think that we can all call it what it is. He was playing terribly, and then they decided to go a different direction. Kareem Hunt was stuffed. He had 13 carries for 40 yards. The Steelers knew exactly what to do. They said, we're going to limit your run game. We're going to force you to beat us in the air. And that worked to perfection. End result, Steelers 38, Browns 7. We said that it wasn't going to be that close of a game. We both agreed on this one. And we couldn't have been more right. I just didn't see it being this big of a blowout. <clears throat> yeah. I, mean, I, I A 38 to 7, like the Steelers corrected the error of their ways last week against Philadelphia going into this game against Cleveland Mm -hmm. because Philly got gashed in the run game last week. Mm -hmm. They honed in. It's, it was just like, but I mean, I think we could, we could easily agree that, I mean, get even with his struggles through this year and his injury problems through throughout his career, Carson Wentz is a much better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. So you got to rattle him a lot more than you need to bat. You need to rattle right. Baker Mayfield. Right. Um, so legitimately, they honed in and it was like, okay, take that run game away. Yep. 
and put the ball in Baker Mayfield's hands. And it, it was exactly what we thought it was. Yes. And it's exactly what Baker is. And now we're seeing a trend too, where the Browns, when they play against elite defenses, remember back to week one, where they lost, I think it was like 37 to six or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, it was bad. Almost, almost the identical same score. Right. They play the Ravens as the Steelers, right? Right. And we had thought, well, maybe because they had, were able to beat the Colts, they were able to put up some, some good numbers against the Colts. Maybe uh, they had figured out how to beat a good, a good defense with the run. Nope. Well, I think this week shows that probably that's not the case as much as is the Colts were perhaps being a little overrated on defense. They do have a good defense, but uh, clearly they were able they, – they gave up, I think, what, 27 points to the Cincinnati Bengals. So yeah. that goes to show that perhaps the Colts aren't quite as dominant as we anticipated. They are beatable. That You can't put points up against them, whereas teams like the Steelers and the Ravens, they're much more, I believe – dominant defensively and as the season goes along i think we're going to see that play out statistically as well but you're also talking about a colts defense that's missing a darius leonard sure absolutely they're, they're meeting they're missing the the key portions of their linebacking core mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but i mean right. the steelers the steelers broke it down barney style to these motherfuckers right. take don't even worry about don hilliard or darnis johnson take kareem hunt out of that game take him out of the Offensive focal focal point. Yeah. Baker Mayfield is not going to be the guy. 10 of 18, 119 yards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, another, and another thing I got right on this game was I said Odell Beckham was going to be a bust. I thought that he was rated as the 19 best uh, receiver, and I thought that was way too high for him. He had two catches for 25 yards. Yep. Four, four, targets. four targets. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, their leading receiver – was Austin Hooper. Yeah. If it feels like I'm calling out OBJ several weeks, it's because I am. Uh, at the end of the day, he is still very overrated in my eyes. He is capable of exploding, but he's not going to do it in consecutive games, and he's not going to do it against teams that know how to stop the run because that's going to put Baker Mayfield in a bad position. When OBJ is going to go off is when the run game is working and they're keeping defenses guessing. They weren't OBJ needs – he needs – he needs to demand a trade out of Cleveland. Yeah. He's in the prime of his career and it's being wasted by Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. And he's on the back end of that prime too. So he doesn't have much prime left. Uh -uh. He's, I think he's 31. So, but you want to talk about the flip side of this game. And I mean, we could really count this as us talking about the Cleveland Pittsburgh game. Mm -hmm. Uh, James Connor, who, for the last, I would say, at least dating back to last year, was kind of a fantasy kind of up in there, like, ah, yeah, I'm going to draft him in the second or third round, but what the fuck am I really expecting out of this guy? Mm-hmm. Dealing, especially last year, dealing with a lot of injuries, sidelined him for half the year. Connor, 20 carries, 101 yards, gets a touchdown. That's four straight games for James Connor with a rushing touchdown. That's huge. You know who set him up for that touchdown? What Claypool? Claypool. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was when he caught that long bomb, and he was—I think it was like a thirty-some yard game, yeah. thirty-six, yeah, I yeah. believe. And damn near, uh, he, damn near he, he reached out, just couldn't quite make it yeah. to the pylon, set him up. And then what was really nice to see, because this kid earned it, was uh, later uh, in the game he was able to get a—it was like a two-yard or three-yard yeah. out from the goal line uh, carry, where yeah. he ran a jet sweep and was able to sneak it in there in the side of the pylon. Uh, that. 
you know, we said two touchdowns for Chase Claypool. I think you said two touchdowns. At least. I said two, and I was I, I, right. Yeah, I, I said was at right. least one. You were, uh, you were. I was uh, wrong by a half a yard, man. Yeah, I was yeah, you so were, close. Was, you were, you were. Damn and it! Even then, he still had. He still led Pittsburgh in receiving yards. Yep. Um, Juju Smith Schuster, invisible that game. Uh, he had two catches for six six yards on four. He had a long of five yards. I don't yeah. know. He he disappeared. But at the end of the day, you know that happens sometimes when you're blowing a team out. You're gonna have a a solid receiver that a star receiver that maybe doesn't get all the love he gets because because quite frankly you don't need to be throwing the ball anymore. Right. Um. There were only 15 completed passes uh, on the Pittsburgh side of things for 168 yards and one touchdown. They didn't have to throw the ball to absolutely trounce the Browns. No, that, that, that one touchdown pass coming to James Washington, where he was wide the fuck open. Yeah. I don't understand how Sedano has a job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like he was Washington was untouched. There wasn't anyone 15 yards around him. Yeah. I, whatever dude cleveland is going to keep doing cleveland things right now my final impression about the browns is they still are a uh, an overall good team but they are somewhat one-dimensional and if you have the personnel that can stop the run you have a very good chance of beating them oh absolutely yeah make baker mayfield beat you he's not going to correct he's not going to baker mayfield should be a free agent next year yes at least a backup in Cleveland. Correct. So let's go ahead and move on to, you know, we don't want to have to admit. Tyler, what were you most wrong about? What I'm most wrong about is what you are sipping on right now. Mm. I had James Robinson having a much bigger game against the worst run defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He didn't even kind of do that. Yeah. Like we put a six pack down on James Robinson having more rushing yards than any of the Detroit running backs combined, meaning DeAndre Swift, Adrian Peterson, and carry on Johnson. DeAndre Swift out carried and I texted you when it happened yeah. and it was like in the second quarter. And this yeah. was, a, this was one of the early yeah, games. I think it was I te- a 54, 56, something like that. Yeah. I texted you. I'm like, just tell me what you want. Cause I'm pretty sure he just outgained mm-hmm. whatever Robinson's going to do. Robinson went 12 of 29. Yeah. 12 or 29 yeah. against the league's worst rush defense, dude. That's embarrassing. Not I don't really- even, yeah, not only that, I, I see his totals in the receiving game, and it honestly pisses me off because he had four carries or, or four receptions. He almost had a, the he was five yards away from having the same amount of rushing yards, and that's where he decided to get his fucking touchdown. Yeah. Even then, he actually got outrushed, but not not by just one, by by two separate Detroit Lions players. Because we yeah. have said it was all Detroit's rushing versus James Robinson. Adrian Peterson, had, I think, forty yards on the ground that game. Yeah. And we already talked about DeAndre Swift. So two different Lions receivers or rushers beat him. And you know what? Matthew Stafford wasn't far off. <laughs> no, he wasn't. And fuck DeAndre Swift fucking murdered us in our fucking work league. Oh, did he fucking murder every fucking person on that on the the team that we were going up against? Mm-hmm. 
had multiple touchdowns or at least 150 and a touchdown. Will Fuller, AJ Brown, yeah. DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkins, dude. Oh my, this shit was ugly. Yeah, um, it was. But uh, how about how about a nice shout out for for your boy? Who? Kenny Galladay. Oh yeah. Oh, he's four, four catches for six targets, 105 yards. Yeah. I mean, Matthew Stafford didn't have anywhere near uh, as of an impressive day as he should have he didn't have to that was one of those things that they didn't need a pass no you're right and this was also my upset pick of the week and i was i i don't think i've ever been as wrong looking at a score mm-hmm. on an upset pick as i have been about this one like i thought i had a legitimate shot until about three minutes into the fucking game right uh i, I will say it was nice to watch kenny galladay play He's been hurt to start the season. Since he's come back, he's actually been very productive. His targets have been around five, six targets a game, which I'd like to see that go up a little bit. But he's still being targeted in the end zone. He actually had one pass. Uh, he was targeted inside the five. He caught it right. He got tackled down on the one. It was on an inside slant route. So he he was being looked at for the end zone, just didn't get it in this time. Almost had a, uh, Still had a good game, almost had a great game. Nice to see Kenny Galladay doing his thing. I think that he, he, I mean, he's their big play guy. He is their big play guy. He is. Yeah. And um, when they throw him the ball, it's going for like 30 yards at least. You know, he, he gets huge, huge chunks on the ground, or on the air, I mean. Here's, let's look at the other teams <clears throat> receiving core here for a second because there's a lot of people, myself included in one of my fantasy leagues, who drafted DJ Chark. Mm-hmm eighth ninth round Mm -hmm. this man commanded 14 targets Mm -hmm. turned it into seven receptions for 45 yards yeah that's fucking infuriating that's an average of about uh six and a half well per per target per target oh it's 3.2 ish sure yeah i'm going off the top of my head here about 3.2 yards per target uh pretty abysmal Pretty abysmal, and, just not getting the depth. And I'd say it's a 50-50 share as to who's to blame for those 50% missed fucking targets. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's 50% Minshew, and I'd say it's 50% uh, DJ Chark. Like, yeah. But if Keelan Cole – okay, anybody listening, if Keelan Cole is sitting on your fucking waiver wire, you need to go snag his ass up because he is – Gardner Minshew's favorite target. Six receptions, 143 yards, and nine targets. The man has outgained DJ Chark through the entire year. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that Jags offense, every year it's a different receiver who upsets. You know, last year we thought it was going to be D.D. Westbrook who was going to be the big guy, then it was DJ yeah. Chark. This year we thought it was going to be DJ Chark, so now it's going to be Cole. It's, you know, it's, it's so hard to predict in that offense who's going to be getting the love, who's going to be getting – uh, the action. Um, well, it didn't help that D.D. Westbrook got went down in week one. Last year? Yeah, like yeah. a drive after Nick Foles went down. Right, right. Uh, yeah. I mean, either way, let's let's, let's go ahead and uh, talk about my biggest blunder of the week, uh-huh. where I got to eat crow. And, you know, we, we had talked about the Dallas and, and Cardinals game. You had predicted the Cardinals would, would take this one. I predicted Cowboys. We both agreed on that. Andy Dalton not playing – or, sorry, playing in, in place of Zach, uh, Dak Prescott wouldn't be a huge issue. Well, 
<laughs> it might have been because Dallas was terrible. Although I will say this, I don't think I don't think it was all Andy Dalton's fault. In fact, I would say it was more the other guys than Andy Dalton that brought a fault on this one. Let's look in the let's look at the first half of the game. Okay. It's the first quarter. I can't remember. End of first quarter, start of the second quarter. Andy Dalton's in the pocket. Pocket collapses. He scrambles around, avoids a sack, flips the ball to Zeke Elliott, who catches it and fumbles. Very next possession, right? After they stop the Cardinals, they give Zeke the ball again. What does he do? Fumbles it yet again. I had talked about I didn't think Zeke was going to be fumbling this game because he had already fumbled a, a larger than normal amount for that point in the season. Well, he went at, he he went, go, went ahead and did it twice. He did it twice, and it was back to back. It was brutal to watch. And here's here's what really gets me is the first one I kind of understand because he had just caught the ball and it was one of those bang bang plays you catch the ball you take a step and there's a receiver or there's a defender right there swatting at it you don't really have the time or the chance to secure it properly okay not a great excuse but something of an excuse the second one it was just a handoff and he just went in a pile of guys and he just he just lost it and then you look at the end of the second quarter dallas was driving they were in the red zone. Andy Dalton throws a strike to Michael Gallup, who's right there standing right around the uh, the end zone line, and he drops it just right through his hands. So, yeah, Andy Dalton had two picks. Uh, he, he had some very shaky throws. He didn't look great. But, man, the he did not get much help. He did not get much help. And the, this whole Dallas team, I, mean, I get it. They were they were hungover. You know, they they were feeling it. Um, they, they were they were the 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 offensive skill players were not playing a focused game. All right, Zeke Elliott is not going to fumble twice back to back, probably ever again in his career. All right, he, he I I don't see that ever happening again. I don't know. I could be wrong. Who knows? But that's not statistically likely. And. It got so bad that Tony Pollard got 10 carries this game. Zeke Elliott got 12. Yeah, and Pollard only had fucking 18 less carry or 18 less yards. Yeah. Than than Zeke on two less carries. Yeah. All right, so I will start with Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke has been lauded as the best running back in football especially around the time that he was getting his contract fucking negotiated when he was down in Cabo and he was, he, he was working out on the beach and shit like that. He right. was being lauded and as the number one running back in the NFL. Right. What has made him the best running back in the NFL? Dak. It's not Dak. The O-line. The O-line. Yeah. That is shattered yeah. now. Look at him now. Look at him now. 12 carries, 49, 49 yards for 4.1 a carry with two fumbles. You know, and it was honestly the rushing total, the yardage and the yards per carry doesn't concern me as much because you see this from Zeke a lot where 
he will struggle a little bit for for getting big yards. He was still he was still getting good chunks of yards on the ground for for a good portion of that first half. The problem was he turns it over twice in the first half, and all of a sudden they're playing from behind. Right. And now you can't afford to run the ball. The turnovers. Zeke has four fumbles this season. Yeah, two of them last games. night. Yeah. Ah. And two of them. He's got to get his shit together. That, he, he lost the he, line. No, you, he together. lost his last two remaining pieces of that line in the game last night. Yeah. I can't. No, and, and telling me I can't blame the line. Okay, fine. I can't blame the line. It's Ezekiel Not for the Elliott. Fumbles, and, I'm saying for the fumbles. For the fumbles, sure. But Ezekiel Elliott, if he's the number one running back, then he should be able to figure it the fuck out. Yeah. No, he, he should. should. And he and he's not. Who is the leading t- target share last night in the passing game? It was Ezekiel Elliott. Was 11 targets. He turned that into eight receptions for 31 yards. Yes. When he said, my bad guys, this game is on me, he wasn't fucking lying because that dude played like fucking ass last night. He did. I'm I'm hoping this was a a blip. And not a trend. We'll see, though. We'll see. Now, now we'll we'll move on to Andy Dalton. I understand the dude uh, hasn't. I mean, he started games last. Year. He was the starting quarterback for the Bengals last year for most of it. Mm-hmm. How do you attempt fifty-four passes but only throw for two hundred sixty-six? So that's the difference between him and Dak. Dak earned himself a lot of money last yeah. night. Yeah, the fuck he did because you, every all the all the question of cons- and we're getting a little bit for contract issues and negotiations with is Dak the guy? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean when Dak was throwing it fifty four times a game, he was getting 400, 450 yards. I mean, at least with Dak Prescott, if you got blown the fuck out, he at least made it look like you tried to make a comeback in the second half. Correct. Like, Andy, dude, Correct. I'm sorry. I watched enough of that game to go, no, that entire game was not on Andy Dalton. But Andy Dalton stood in the pocket for way too long on multiple fucking plays and got his ass sacked. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it was, you know, the entire – the entire Dallas offense struggled that game. The entire Dallas defense struggled. I mean, obviously, we knew they were going to struggle. Uh, only, only the Dallas Cowboy defense can give up uh, two touchdowns and what was it, 160, 164 100. yards on the ground to Kenny oh, yeah. Drake. Yeah, and that only and twenty that, carries, and that hurts Chase Edmonds's Edmonds fucking stock because Edmonds that, that hurts all of worse. Arizona. That hurts all of Arizona because. Uh, Kenyon Drake got his one amazing game. He does every four or five games. Right. That's going to make people be like, oh, no, this is the guy. This is the guy. And he's, now he's going to suck for another three or four games before he has one other statistical outlier. This this is the kind of shit that Kenyon Drake does. He has one great game. Hey, I agree with you, buddy. I yeah. don't know why you're yelling at me. Arizona fans, I'm sorry. I do, I do feel for you because now, guess what? He's he's gonna be your starter for the rest of the year. I don't feel for you. You can all get fucking bent. Okay, well, I don't feel so harshly about Arizona, but I guess you do. Let's move on. So we talked about what we got most right. We talked about where we had to eat crow. 
Give me your biggest takeaway from the week. I thought we were saving the takeaways for the end of the episode. This is the end of the segment. End of the segment. Oh, you said you said the end of the episode, you fucking douche. <laughs> All right, but that's fine. Um, my biggest takeaway from the week. The Green Bay Packers are no better than they were last year. Wow. I don't know if I agree with that. Mm. How the fuck can you not? How can you not? They You're added nobody. In one game. You're overreacting no. in one game. No, no, I am not. And here is why. The Packers went 13-3 and three last year. Who were they really good against? Inferior teams. Yes, you are right, DC. Good job. Where were they getting their asses handed to them against playoff Super Bowl caliber teams? Correct again. You are, yep, you're shaking your head. You agree because you know I'm fucking right. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers through four games beat up on four subpar teams. And yes, I am including the Saints in that game. In that, yes, I am. I don't care that the Saints beat the Bucks in week one. I do not give a shit. Oh, I'm such a fag. Ah, and, yeah, oh, yeah, I gotta bleep that out. I'm I'm such a fag. Ah, I can't say that. Oh, I, I, I well, you, you, got, sent, you sent it got, in the chat. So how about got, that? You're just upset because got. you know I'm fucking right. Aaron Rodgers, a hundred sixteen completions on thirty-five attempts for hundred and sixty yards, two interceptions, four sacks, a QBR of seventeen. Yeah. Yeah, what has happened? What has happened over the last couple of years when Aaron Rodgers has had to face elite, complete teams? Not oh, Minnesota's good on offense, but they're bad on defense. Oh, the Saints are beating up on the defensive side of the ball, and bah, fucking Michael Thomas is out. We'll beat up on them. What 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 the fuck happened? Because fucking T- Tampa Bay had everyone outside of Vita Bay. They had everyone. They beat the brakes off these motherfuckers. Aaron Rodgers. Through his third career pick six in the first quarter of that game, mm-hmm. what did he do in the? Oh, what did he do on the next drive? It was his fourth career pick six. Ooh, no, he damn near. He no, that's right. That's right. It was. It was. It was like two yards, right? It, it, oh, it was so yeah, damn I, close. I that, yeah. Oh, it was so yeah. close. I thought to myself, oh, he's about to double up his career pick six totals. Yes, I did. think Aaron Rodgers against mm-hmm. superior teams is not. The dude he was, yeah. he can be that bully, and he can beat up on the bad teams against a good defense and a good offense. He's not going to be able to get their leading rusher was Jamal Williams. He only had four carries. Yeah, thirty-four yards. AJ Dillon was getting work in the second half because Aaron Jones wasn't getting it fucking on. He had he went five for thirty-one. Aaron Jones ten for fifteen. Salvage on a maybe a fantasy day with the fucking rushing touchdown, but damn, Aaron Rodgers almost fucking equaled his fucking yardage on the ground. Down, he had fourteen on two carries. Aaron Rodgers can move. Oh, can he? (laughs) No, he can't do is beat good teams. (laughs) He cannot beat good teams anymore. We'll see. I, I think wow, he beat up on the fucking Vikings. Everybody watch out. The bad man's back. Fuck I think that. I no. think it's a little early. No, it's, it's not a little early. It is not that. early. It is not early when you think back to this team last year. 
13 and three tied with the best record in the NFC with the 49ers 13 and three. What happened? What happened? Oh, they got, they, they got beat, a- they beat a horribly injured riddled Seattle Seahawks team in the wild card round or the mm-hmm. divisional and moved on in the NFC championship game. And what happened? Shellac. Yeah. They got Garoppolo yeah. threw the ball like eight times. Like it, yeah. it no, it, it please miss me with any of this. The Packers are elite. You can miss me with that shit, bro. So here's Fuck my that. counter argument. Here's you my shouldn't have one. You shouldn't right. have. I do. I do have one. Um, last year the Packers at thirteen and three got destroyed by San Francisco. Yes, twice. Twice. Yes. All right. Twice. I don't twice. care. Twice. The point is they they got their season ended by San Francisco in the playoffs, right? Now, do I believe they're a top five team? No. I do not. Do I believe they have a chance to make the Super Bowl? Yes. Oh, I do. Hold on. on. You got to let me finish. You got to let Ugh. me finish. The reason being is the NFC does not have very many of these so-called good teams compared to the AFC. If they had to go through a gauntlet of Buffalo, Kansas City, uh, the Steelers, the Ravens, the, you know, the Titans, like – they don't have to go through that gauntlet. They have a shot, I believe, still of making it to the Super Bowl. Are they deserving of being in the Super Bowl? No, because I think it should be two AFC AFC teams this year in the Super Bowl. I think we've gotten to the, the point where one conference is very top-heavy compared to the other. Whatever. It is what it is. But that does mean that Green Bay still has a shot at being a Super Bowl contender. I don't think they're a shot at being a contender in the Super Bowl. But they are contenders to make it to the Super Bowl. No. So we just watched them against one of the NFC contenders get their fucking shit pushed in. Yep. One game. You you've got you've got so you would you would favor the Green Bay Packers over to the Seahawks. I wouldn't I'm not saying I would favor them, but they have a shot. No, they do not. Who has Seattle beaten? That was so worthy. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's had to do all that shit by himself. Russell Wilson does not have a run game. He does not. I mean, outside of DK Metcalf. Correct. That's my point. Seattle, as good as they are, are deeply flawed as well. All right. The NFC does not have dominant offense and defense teams. Green Bay has a better defense than the fucking Seahawks. Yeah. Tampa Bay has a better defense than the Seahawks and the Packers. Yep. At this point, if you're looking at the most complete team contending in the NFC, it is not Green Bay. Right now, it is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And as they might much be the top hate, team, but Green Bay still has a shot. I'm Green Bay they, has a shot. No, they don't because they, they can't do. be. They cannot be yes, they do. even like even keeled teams. The teams that they're considered to be on the same wavelength as they cannot beat them. They get blown the fuck out just like they did against the fucking Bucks. How about Gronk being the lead receiver though for the fucking Bucks? How about that? That was well, that was a point of us both being wrong. We thought there was no fantasy value there for Gronk, and uh, I still don't believe he's fantasy. So I don't think it's I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think no, this is that's a, that's a flash in the pan. I agree. All right, we, are we going to take our first break? Because uh, not yet. I got to give you my t- I, I got to give you my big takeaway. Daddy's got to pee. 
Uh, I'm sorry. Huh? I got to give you my big takeaway. All right. Can, can, can we hurry it up? Because daddy's got a pig, man. <laughs> so my big takeaway is the Tennessee Titans. They are the most complete offensive team in the league right now. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So you look at David Henry. He is the best rusher in the league. All right. I'm not saying overall running back. I am saying rusher. You give him the ball and you ask him to run with it. He will run with it better than anyone else in this league. Okay. And he has been that good, quite frankly, over the last few seasons. Okay. Derrick Henry last year ran for 1,540 yards. He is on pace to beat that this year. In 2018, he ran for over 1,000. Okay. Not only that, we all know Derrick Henry is a monster. We all know he's a beast. He will stiff you, stiff arm you into yesterday. Everybody knows that. What people don't realize about Derrick Henry is he's also very fast. All right. I'm looking at you, Madden player ratings personnel. Derrick Henry has underrated good speed. Okay. In the last four seasons he's played, he has had a 94-yard rushing touchdown, a 74 rushing touchdown the year before, a 99-yard rushing touchdown the year before that, and a 75-yard touchdown the year before that. He has had at least one 74-yard or more rushing touchdown the last four years consecutively. Oh, and he's underrated as a receiver too. No, he's not going to be the guy you want running over the middle to make a catch while he's getting hit, okay? But if you throw him a screen a, a screen pass or you throw him a ball to the flat, he can do work, just like we saw him do uh, this weekend where he had a 53-yard uh, uh, reception late in the game. He has also caught a 75-yard rushing or passing touchdown last season, and prior to that, he also had a 66-yard touch, uh, receiving touchdown as well. Derrick Henry is underrated with his hands and with his speed. We all know he can run you over. Be, once he runs you over, you're not catching up to him. And people don't seem to realize that. And then, on top of that, you add in Ryan Tannehill? Ryan Tannehill is playing like the most efficient quarterback in the league for the last two seasons in a row. This man, last season, had a QB rating of 114.1 this season 113.5 i dare you to find a more consistent quarterback than that guess what you won't because i looked it up and there is none and then they have a tight end who has already five touchdown catches on the year and johnny smith and they just got back their stud receiver aj brown who how many touchdowns does he have this last game tyler it too because I played him. Yeah, I played yeah, him. Yeah, fucking asshole. Yeah. Look, this game. That second, closer, that second one was questionable. Yeah. This game was a lot closer than anyone thought, right? We, 
I know that Vegas had him at like a three and a half point. We thought that was a crazy line and they did end up covering, but like, let's be real. We were both shocked that it went to overtime. That being said, Tennessee had no idea how to stop the Titans. They didn't know if they were going to run. They didn't know if they were going to pass. And the Titans are no longer just a run team. They can beat you in the air. They can beat you through the run game. And even if you stop them, they will still find a way to plow through you and pass you. Tennessee has the most efficient offense in football, period. And that's my takeaway. Yeah. Um, Anthony Ferkser, whoever the fuck that is. Ferkser, I think. Yeah, the back at tight end. Yeah, because Johnny went out. Uh, he he, he ate, <clears throat> 813 for in a touchdown on nine targets, man. Like that, I got I, I caught every fucking hand in this fucking game in fantasy. Outside of oh oh oh, hold on hold on, we didn't cover this. David Johnson scored a touchdown. I didn't know if you wanted to jock on his dick or not. I don't like I. I mean, he averaged three yards a carry on nineteen fucking carries, but no, like I mean, yeah. <laughs> The, the guy's back. He's elite again. He outscored Zeke. Everybody outscored Zeke. <laughs> oh, man. That, that Zeke game was brutal. Look, the Titans The Titans got it going on offense. They're, they're, oh, I didn't even talk about their O-line. Their O-line is pretty good, too. Uh, they, they're, they're so good on offense. They're so good. They're so hard to stop. Uh, they, they're like Kansas City in the sense that yeah, I do think Kansas City has some more dangerous offensive weapons, especially on the receiving side of the ball. But Tennessee is so well balanced. They are so well balanced in the passing and the running game. You really don't know where you're trying to stop them. If Kansas City formed their offense to more of a Tennessee style offensive play, they'd be unbeatable. You you'd, it, it'd be over. Yeah. Yeah. They would, they'd be winning the Super Bowl for 10 straight years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. They're just so afraid of running that goddamn ball at a consistent basis. Like, look what just happened. Yeah. You gave Hilaire a fuckload of volume and he gave you over 160 yards. But I mean, like, Henry, dude, Henry, that game was retarded. Like, like, I felt like in overtime, when Henry lined up in the fucking wildcat and just took that ball and ran it in, he was yeah. just like, fuck you. No one's going to stop me. You know, what's crazy. Here's what's crazy about that last play is Tennessee had to respect the fact that they ran that exact same play last year in the playoffs, mind you. Yeah. And Derrick Henry threw a touchdown. Yep. Like <laughs> the, the defense had to respect that. They like they had to respect the fact that this running back can actually throw a touchdown pass from the exact same distance. Dude, Henry is out of this fucking world. In my mind, he is the best complete back in the NFL right now. Um, and it's it, really it's not even close. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of who might be a, a better complete back. Um, but you know, the one thing that is still a little bit of a knock on his game is the, is the, in the catching area. And again, I said he's a good receiving back. He's just not a back that's going to make the, that tough catch going over the middle. Um, not the Christian McCaffrey, when healthy, might be a more complete 
back maybe, but I would still think Derrick Henry is the more impactful back overall. I love McCaffrey. I love what McCaffrey has done since he's come in the league. But he's had Mike Davis come in and replicate his numbers. So is it McCaffrey or is it the system within he plays? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. No, I I love Henry. Henry is number one. Complete. I, I understand, but but then because you, you bring up that point, you have to argue whether you bring up the other top backs in the league. You got Zeke who at least at this point through the season is a much more efficient pass catching back mm-hmm. i think he's only averaging 68 yards a game on the ground yeah he hasn't been great there um alvin kamara alvin cook maybe dalvin cook dalvin cook i think maybe would be his would take second chair to derrick henry as a complete because you look at kamara kamara is legitimately only a fucking through this season has legitimately been just a receiving back yeah, Latavius Murray's ending up with twelve to fifteen touches a game with Kamara right. being healthy. Um, no, I, I love this Tennessee team. My team not to like them too. They're good. They're likable players. My my team's honestly like my team's honestly done. Like there's no hope. Yeah. So, even after a win, so I, I'm I'm going to pull for the fucking Titans for the rest of the year. I. Look, I I'm, not a, I'm not a bandwagon fan. I'm not a right. fair weathered 49ers fan, but it's just but there's like, always a team you like do well outside of your own team. Yeah. 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 No, I get so that. I'm 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 gonna pull for the Titans from here on out. Yeah, look, I'm my team's in the same same fucking conference as they are, and I, I still like them. And mind you, the Bills and the Titans have some history going back to the days when the Titans used to be the uh the Houston Oilers. And even then, I, I can't dislike this team. They're so fun to watch. And and they, they look like they're having fun. Mike Vrabel's doing a hell of a job coaching. Um, they're a great team. They're a great offensive would, team. And I would pull. I would pull for the Bills if you weren't a Bills fan. Yeah, kind of how I feel about the Niners. I understand. I mean, fuck your team, bro. Suffer. Our uniforms are sick. I love our uniforms. Yeah. All right. Uniforms don't win games, bud. Ah, that they don't. That they don't. Well, that wraps it up for the first segment in our podcast. Next, coming up, we are going to be talking about our report cards. We're going to break it down game by game, let you guys know exactly how we did on each one, and we'll give you the final score. Who won it this week? Was it DC or was it Tyler? Stick around, and you'll find out. Welcome back, everybody. It is time to go over the report card. Tyler, how do you think we did this week? Uh, I had some big swing and misses. Um, you were congratulations on being the first one right so far on the upset pick. I did not see a 17 point blowout for the Falcons against Minnesota. Um, yeah, you got that one right on the head. Um, well, let's go ahead and start with the first game that okay. we predicted, which was the Bears and the Panthers. Carolina was a one-point favorite. We both thought the Bears would pull this one out. And we were both right. We were. Um, not as impressive of a win as you would think for a Chicago team that is and 5-1 right now. Right. They, they got to be okay. Like, I know we got a lot of 
t- people that be like, oh, this is the worst five and one team. That the Bears are the worst five and one team. Yes. Um, like Nick Foles. I mean, I mean, he got the win, but twenty three of thirty nine for one hundred ninety eight yards, a pick, and a touchdown. Not great, man. David yeah. Montgomery, very, uh, very lackluster on the run game side of it too. Nineteen for fifty eight. Um, it is so hard to watch Bears games. They're it's, always it's, so it's, ugly. It's horrifying, and, and people who are defending this Bears team, saying they're legitimate contenders. No, no, no. Oh, they have an elite defense, bro. You've beaten up on some. Now, I won't even say beaten up. You got your sneakiest win. Your sneakiest win so far was the one point victory a week ago against the Buccaneers, where Tom Brady had a little bit of an Alzheimer's setback and forgot what down it was. It happens when you have a 43 year old quarterback, it is what it is. Yeah, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Chris Godwin played very well that game because oh wait, he didn't play that yeah, game. He was out. Yeah, Mike like, Evan- Mike Evans was also on. hobbled through. Right, like, like come on. Yeah, the the Bears are they are not the team that scares me at all. Like, I'm a Bills fan. You're a Niners fan, and I get it. We're homers. We're biased towards our teams, but. I am not scared of playing the the Bears. And I, honestly, I believe that the Niners shouldn't be scared of playing the Bears. That's no. a very beatable team. Yes. It's, it's gonna, the Bears keep games close. That's what they're really good at doing. I'll give them credit there. They keep games close. All right. However, considering your team is famous, or I guess I should say infamous for a uh, double boing, I don't know if that's du- like the strategy you should go with. I'm sorry. It's, it's actually the double doink. Sorry, you're right. The double doink. I'm not sure that's a strategy you should go with. Of and that, trying to keep game, uh, games close. You're also right that they keep games close, but who are they keeping these games close against? Right. Not great teams. Right. Excluding, the excluding, excluding the Buccaneers game. Excluding that one game. Yeah. I mean, that was like 20 to 19. 2019, they, they kept them close, but yeah. that was a bad it was a bad week for the Bucks. Right. right. I, well, I would I would I would chalk that up more as a bad week to a Tampa near, a, a good Tampa Bay Buccaneers team than a good week for a Chicago's Bear team a Chicago Bears team. Do you see the Bears consistently beating the no. Steelers? No, I, yeah, I, I answered no, yeah. I answered your question before you even finished it. I don't see them consistently. I you heard you heard me trash the Packers in, in the last segment. The Packers would be a a better team than the Bears. The Bears are currently like ranked as a top five team by record. They're a fringe top ten team at best, and it's because of their defense and because of Correct. their offense. Correct. Uh, their defense. You got to give credit or credit to their defense after having a bit of a down year last year has stepped it up this year. Sure. Uh, so, all right. Boring game. Woohoo. All right. We both got that one right. Let's move on. Bengals Colts. All right. Wow. This game did not go, did not start the way anyone expected it to start. You did call it correctly when you said that the Colts would win, but not cover. I thought the Colts would win and cover. Um, 
Well, the Colts won. They did not cover the seven and a half point spread that they had when when we when we predicted these games. So, and, and by the way, I, I did forget to say for our listeners, um, when we were making a report card, we look at who won and we look at the line. So we make predictions each week, and we are going to predict who the winner is and whether or not they're going to cover the line. If we get both of those predictions correct, we get an A. That's four points on the GPA. If we get one out of the two correct, we get a C, two points on the GPA. And if we miss out on both, we get an F. So for the Bears game, we both got A's because we predicted the line and the winner. For the Bengals and Colts, you got the A, I got the C. But it did not go the way we thought it would. No, it didn't. Um, I saw this more or less being like a, a, a blow for blow type of game. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it turned into was Cincinnati showed up in the first half and then yeah. Indianapolis showed up in the second. Right. Uh, I, I, I was actually I was pulling for Joe Burrow so hard in this game that I was OK taking the C in this if. Indianapolis or if Cincinnati was able to drive down and score late in the fourth quarter, but Burrow ended up throwing an interception. Um, yeah. I, I mean, Mixon turned in the, the best day that he possibly could. And he got poached twice. Yeah. Twice. He had uh, Giovanni Bernard steal a touchdown from him and, and Burrow. Uh, yeah, Burrow steal a touchdown from him. He, he got poached twice in the red zone. Burrow, 25 for 39 for 313 yards, uh, no touchdowns, had the interception late, which was the game sealer. Um, they have the one rushing touchdown. One rushing touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you look on the stat line, the, 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 the name that stands out the most to me in this one, it's not T. Higgins going six for 125 or Tyler Boyd five for 54 on eight targets. A.J. Green, eight receptions, 96 yards mm-hmm. on 11 targets. Mm-hmm. Maybe A.J. Green's starting to turn it around. I'll tell you what. Joe Burrow is getting some chemistry with his receiver. His receivers like him. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's very fair to say. Uh, he, he still has not turned the corner. You know, I look at Justin Herbert, and Justin Herbert has this certain X factor that I see from him that I haven't seen yet from Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow's still been very solid as a rookie, all things considered. Well, I, I would make that argument because Justin Herbert inherited a much better overall team. That could be, that could be. On both sides of the ball than Joe Burrow did. Like the Cincinnati Bagels were one of the worst defenses in NFL history last year. And then they brought in Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. And, and Herbert inherited a, a, a Chargers defense even w- without an Edrin, Edrin James in the uh, in the secondary. Edrin James? The running uh, back I, for the Colts? Okay. Uh, who is – James. That's his last name. Okay. Fuck me. No, I'm going to – we're going to keep talking, but I'm, I'm going to look this motherfucker's name up because I got that way wrong. Um. No, it fucking Herbert inherited a much better team, even offensively, I would argue, because, yeah, Mixon's 
Mixon's a good running back. Yeah. But they have no line. The Chargers have somewhat of an O-line, and you've got a a tandem of Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, and uh, Joshua Kelly, who they drafted this last year. Kenny Allen, too. Well, I was just merely talking about the running game. Right, right. Uh, This game was a bit surprising. I don't think any of us saw the Bengals getting out to a 21-0 lead. The Colts, though, credit where they're due. They, they finally figured out their, their passing attack. Granted, it was against a team that's not very good at stopping the pass. But but still, they, they were able to figure it out. I think Phillip Rivers had a lot of fun uh, this game. Uh, it looked like the receivers were getting more involved. They finally had a game where they got decent chunk yardage in the air. But it, for me, if I'm a Colts fan, I'm not I'm – not, making any major takeaways uh, uh-uh. as far as the offense. Cause it's still, this is having a big offensive game against uh, the Bengals is not saying much, not impressive. Uh, and, and the name Derwin James, mm-hmm. the starting safety for the chargers who is out for the year. I was gonna say, um, it's, been, it's been a minute since Edron James been in the league. So. Sorry. Edron yeah. popped up. I wasn't super far off with Derwin, but point is moot. The, the Colts are not a top-tier team in the NFL. No, they're not. At 4-2, and two, I'm not a buyer. I don't give a shit. You right. got a four-point win against Colts. You got me the A, but at the end of the day, you play like A most of the time, and by A, I mean ass. Right, and they got me the C, so I'm not very happy with them either. Let's move on to the next game, which is the Patriots and the Broncos. Now, the Patriots were favorites here by 8.5 points. We both took them covering. I and actually I, I initially ha- before, before you go into it, if you had if I, if we had made the prediction, yeah, Patriots cover, and I had told you the Broncos are not going to score a touchdown this game, you would be able to go money in the bank, <laughs> right? Like money in the bank. They lost to a team that did not score a touchdown. I. When we, uh, because we had to redo our week six pick podcast, mm-hmm. I initially had, and I have it written down still. I had the Patriots winning, but not covering. And I changed my pick on the re record. And I, I, I took the Patriots at the over. Yeah. Fuck me, dude. I, yeah. This yeah. is, I think this is the first real week the patriots have to look at themselves and go wow fuck we're not really any better than we were last year they're not even better than dolphins right now we have no no receiving options none uh, we have we, they got they're again just like they were last year they're dead last in, in wide receiver separation who's their who's their uh, second year receiver Nikhil harris or Nikhil harry Nikhil harry Nikhil harry yeah Bust. He can't. He he cannot get separation. Look, he's got decent Bust hands. city. He's got decent hands, but he cannot get separation. And in the NFL, you got to be able to get separation. He cannot get separation. It's it's brutal watching because whenever he does get a grab, he's making a grab with the defender draped all over him. That is not sustainable. No, Damian Demir Bird. The guy they got from the Cardinals, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he's not a number one. He's not a number two. Not he's not a number three. Right. Uh, Julian fucking drop city fucking Edelman. Jesus Christ! What happened to him? The dude can't from Mister Reliable to Mister fucking I don't know what the fuck. He just can't catch shit. You know what it is? It's it's too many seasons of Brady throwing his ass over the fucking middle, leaving him in danger's way. Now he he couldn't he couldn't hang on to shit last year. He ain't hanging on to shit this year. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, fuck me. Cam Newton had more receptions and receiving yards than Nikhil Harry. Cam Newton, one reception for 16 yards. Nikhil Harry, zero receptions. Zero receptions, zero yards, two targets. Cam only saw one target, and he turned that into a 16-yard fucking play. But at the same time, Cam Newton's fucking his mechanics looked loose as fuck playing the quarterback position. He had a lot of really bad throws. Again, their leading rusher yesterday and their best receiver is James White, their running back. Yep. This team is not going anywhere playing like that. No, they're not. No, they're not. And the Patriots do have a good defense. I mean, they did hold the Broncos to no touchdowns. And obviously the Broncos uh, were able to make it down the field enough time to kick six and make six field goals. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, if you had McManus as your kicker this week, you're looking really good at Vamsley. Pretty good, yeah. But, wow, that was rough. That was rough to watch. It was two really bad offenses going at it. And the Patriots defense, I felt for them a little bit. And I'm a Bills fan. I hate the Patriots. But I actually felt a little bit. Not much, not very much at all, but a little bit for the Patriots defense because they were doing everything they could to frustrate Drew Locke, to stop the Broncos defense. And every time they got the ball back or held them to a field goal, the Patriots went, went, got the ball and went on and fucked it all up. And, and Newton fumbled twice and was lucky to have to, to, to gain recovery of both yeah. fumbles. Yeah. Like, this, Cam Newton is not the type of quarterback. Like he looked really good through those first two weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton is not the type of quarterback to be playing in this New England offense. You can only run those college-style offenses for so long before NFL defensive coordinators are going to shut it down. And that stretch lasted two weeks. Right. So the uh, Patriots – Obviously did not cover. They did not win. We both no. took the F. No GPA points for that one for either of us. None. Let's move on to the next game, which was surprisingly better than than either. I mean, we, we thought that it could have been close because we didn't really see a clear favorite here. But the Giants and the Washington football team oh, played a yeah. decently entertaining game. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. This line was at one and a half, wasn't it? It was at three. Oh, okay. It was at three. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. So Fuck. we both got C's because you had the Washington, uh, excuse me, you had the Giants winning and covering. I had the Washington football team winning. The Giants won, bullshit. but they did not cover. So it went, It was a C for both of us. Such bullshit. I think this is the first game we've had where both of us got a C on it. We haven't had this yet. Uh game was entertaining like i know we thought it would suck it was dramatic down the stretch both teams were trying 
you know, it's kind of like one of those times where you have two shit teams, but because they're equally shitty, they make each other look kind of better. Are we really going to spend a, a, a chunk of time talking about this game? Even the stat line is fucking boring. All right. We don't have to spend a chunk of time, but let's talk about, let's talk about the very end. Let, let, let's go there. Yeah. Ron Rivera Robert, yeah. going for two. Yep. Do you agree uh, with it? Uh, sure. Who gives a shit? Both of these teams suck ass. Who cares? I, I mean, agree. really, who gives a shit? I agree with this. And it reminds me of something that I want to talk about in the Bills game about going for two points. But for the time being, I do agree with the Ron Rivera move. Um, I'd rather, I'd rather I'd look and like, okay, stop. All right. no, you don't have to yell. I get what you're saying. Who cares about this game? Whatever. The point is, I like it when coaches go for two at the end of a game as opposed to, to win as opposed to tie. I do like it because with the if it was college, it'd be one thing. But in the NFL, where the overtime rules are skewed to whoever wins the coin flip, I'd rather take control of my own destiny and go for it. And I and I like that. No. It's interesting when it's when when a coach makes that decision in a high stake game. You've got two of the worst teams in the NFL. Sure, oh, sure. Look, yeah. I'm not saying this was an interesting. Now we're, now we're gonna take a chance. Now we're gonna go for it, guys. Valhalla. Fuck that. Fuck both of these teams. They <laughs> half Look, the teams in the of- shut up, shut up. Half the teams in the NCAA. <laughs> Could mm-hmm. beat both of these teams. Okay. That's... We should not spend another second talking about this fucking game. All right. I'm not talking about the team specifically. I'm saying I like the situation. I don't I care. Thought it was under- I, don't I care. thought it was a fun game. No. I, don't, no, I thought it was a fun game. All right. The fine. situation. Move we'll move on. Can you? Are you happy? We'll move on. All right. Fuck. Ravens, Ravens and Eagles. Ravens favored by nine and a half points, and we both took them to win and cover. And for a minute, it looked like they would. And then all of a sudden, the Ravens decided they were going to stop playing football for the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. When, when we were talking about the most boring five and one teams, Chicago takes that cake. Uh, but the least amount of faith that I have in any five and one team lies in Baltimore. After Chicago. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Because as long as we can agree on Chicago being like the worst of the five and one teams, yes. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yes. Statement. Yes. After Chicago, it is Baltimore. 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 Lamar Jackson has regressed. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of this game you watched. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson has regressed as a quarterback. Yes. Yeah. He had the the great 37 yard fucking run for the touchdown in the second half. Good. Great. He was 16 to 27 passing. 186 for a touchdown. He he is trying, in my opinion, too hard to emulate his passing game to a Patrick Mahomes style. Like, Patrick Mahomes can roll out left, right, do whatever the fuck he wants, and he'll still complete the damn pass. Patrick Mahomes is a far better thrower. Lamar Jackson cannot do that, and that's the point. Lamar Jackson's the better runner. He did have a 100-yard rushing game, I believe. He did. Which, 108. It's been a while since he's done that. 
but when you're not getting it done through the passing game, right. you, I mean, you got to do something. Like three straight games, the Baltimore Ravens have played an inferior team. And they have gone up double digits early, taken that into the half. And but fuck, now you know it. It's two minutes left in the fourth quarter, and it's less than a three-point game. Right. Like, I have, I have less faith in this Ravens team this year as a – they'll make the playoffs, obviously. But as a, as a Super Bowl or AFC championship contender than I did last year. Let's be honest. The, the Ravens defense is winning the games more than the Ravens offense. Well, it's because the Ravens defense isn't spending a lot of time on the field in the first half. Mm-hmm. And they're shutting down whatever offense that they're facing. Go, go into the second half. You've got now. It's time to play it safe. Right. No, but now now Baltimore is giving consecutive back to back to back to back three and outs, and the defense is getting gas. So Carson Wentz, a very capable quarterback, can take advantage of a defense that's fucking tired. Yeah. I will say, I think that one thing about Lamar Jackson is last year he put the league on notice. And when you do that, the league is going to, well, guess what? Notice. And they're going to watch extra video and they're going to game plan and they're going to find solutions. They're going to look at the times where he didn't look so good. They're going to look at what were those teams doing to make you not look so good. And they're going to emulate that. This is a copycat league, just like any other professional league. And Lamar Jackson played well enough last year that the rest of the league had to adjust their defenses to stop him. And they have, guess what? They have figured out some kind of solution. Now the Ravens are still five and one. So obviously there's still a lot of success to be had there. If you're a Ravens fan, you shouldn't be feeling like the season's over, but I agree with you. I of all the five and one teams. I think that the Ravens are on the bottom half of that. They are above the bears though. They're above the bears. Yeah. It's a very safe statement to make. Um, I'm looking forward to their next five games. Yeah, it'll be. Yeah, they've got the Steelers. Yep. The Colts, the Pats, the Titans, and then the Steelers again. Over under two and a half wins on those next five. Over under two and a half. Correct. So you think they're going to go three and two or two and three? I think I, uh, <laughs> I see them winning against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see them going two and three. I don't see them. I do not see them beating the Steelers. And I do not see them beating the, beating the Titans. I will take them at two and three. three I'll take stretch. the over because I think they'll beat the Steelers once. All right. You want to put a 12 on it? How about we know we like to drink now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So a twelve a twelve of reds or a six of my guys. Sure. You're double fucking whatever the fucks. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. No, deal. Fair deal. Found it, it out. There we go. There. So so Ravens. I'm taking the over. They're going to get three wins over the next five games. They're taking the under. They're going to get two wins the next five games. Yes. Yeah. All right. That's fair. I, I like that. I like that. Uh, that'll be a fun, that'll be a fun side bet to watch. 
Uh, look, if, if you guys come for nothing else, come for our side bets because those are always entertaining. I'm telling you, man, like we, we both enjoy two things in our lives. We like football. We like beer. Yeah. Yeah. And side bets bring us both. That's true. So let's move on to the uh, to the Steelers and the Browns, a game that we already talked about quite a bit. So we shouldn't take too much time on this one. We both have the Steelers covering. They did. Is there anything we didn't talk about in the first segment that you want to cover in this segment? No, the Browns are awful. On to the next. Uh, I don't know about awful, but they're beatable. The they're they're beatable. Better. No, they're good against bad teams. On to the next. Sure. Titans and Texans. Another game that we talked about quite a bit. Uh, Derrick Henry is a beast. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill. Let's, let's talk about the Texans for a second, though, because we spent all that time talking about the Titans. Let, let's talk about the Texans because they did put in a gutsy performance. They were down on by it. A big amount early. Sure. They made a great comeback. Deshaun Watson played his heart out. His receivers showed up again for two straight weeks. Both both uh, his top two targets showed up for the for the second consecutive week. David Johnson had a showing in the end zone. Talk about the talk about the Titans first. Do you feel like sorry, the Texans? Do you feel like the Texans have a shot at competing for a wild card position? No. All right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're, they're one in five. five. Yeah, they're one in five. It's one in five, and I feel and like you shouting out David. Yeah. I think I feel like you shouting out David Johnson <laughs> was a fucking dig. Okay, David Johnson is not even a top twenty running back in the NFL. Best running back in the league. No, the best running back in the league plays for the team that they lost to. Right. Oh, you're not kidding. Derrick Henry is a beast. I. But yeah. but if you were talking the opposite, if you're talking about the Houston offense, Will Fuller had a very nice game, showing you what he can do if he's healthy. Six mm-hmm. for 123, a touchdown. He had 11 targets. Darren Fells is is quickly becoming like a low end tight end one type of fucking start. Yeah. We for, called that one too. That was for, he was on our sleeper radar. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 I mean, he had seven targets. He turned it into six catches for eighty-five yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Cooks an, another another decent performance. Nine for sixty-eight and a touchdown. Um, everyone after that kind of lackluster. Cobb for three for seventeen had the touchdown. Cool. You're not starting Cobb unless you're in like a deep deep league. The, the Texans are a team that are uh, – look at it this way. They're not going to make the playoffs most likely, but they're not a team that anybody wants to play. They're going to be a dangerous team for anyone who plays them. They're going to be a good matchup no matter what. They're, they're going to be a close game against bad teams. They're going to be a close game against against good teams. They're that team. They, yeah. they are that team. Yeah, you're right. And unfortunately, I could s- – this is going to be a very bad year for the Texans organization. Like they're already one in five. Yeah. Five. You, you got to play Have the Texans. The Texans already played the Titans once. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck. Yeah. Cause they just played them. I'm an idiot. Okay. Um, you got to play the Titans again. You got the Colts who aren't necessarily a slump. You'll go two and zero against the Jags. I mean, you fucking have to. Uh, I, I Houston's going to have a down year. I think this is a year where you figure out like 
who your next head coach is going to be because I don't think it's going to be fucking Cornell's fucking cryptic ass being right. the oldest head coach in NFL history. And so younger than either candidate and the presidential race without Facts. getting into politics. Let's move on. Dolphins and the Jets. Now, you actually, well, by the way, both we both got A's on the Titans game. Dolphins, Jets, again, we both got A's. And you actually kind of sold me on the Dolphins on this one. I should have. Yeah, see, this is why I'm mad that we had to yeah. re-record the first episode. Because yeah. you took the fucking Jets, you took the Dolphins at the under. This is true. This is true. Fucking bullshit. Yeah. Uh, but we did take the Dolphins both at the over. And man, yeah, that, that they were. The they Jets were, aren't winning. The Jets, the Jets are not are winning so a game bad. this year. The Jets are not winning a game this year. The Jets got shut out. By the way, this is the first shutout of the season, which is a little hard to believe. Yeah, no, and you yeah. never would have thought it would have been the Dolphins that handed any team the first shutout of the. I'm not the surprised season. with it being the Jets. Like yeah, it's. it's uh, uh, I, I'm. Look, personally, as a Bills fan, I got the Jets next week. We need to get back on the winning track, so I'm excited to be playing them next week. But, man, oh, man, how is Adam Gase? I, I've been looking at my phone all I day. I cannot believe he still How's he not fired? How's he not how fired? Does, I, I, I don't know. I, but it, it just speaks to the dysfunction in that entire front office. Uh, office, office, holy fuck, in, in the Jets system, like, yeah, no, they're they're awful. You see Bill O'Brien get fired. Mm-hmm. You see you 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 see fucking uh, uh Brian Quinn get fired. Or Dan Quinn, sorry, right? Yep. Yeah. I how the fuck are you holding on to this guy? Uh, oh, Quinn I, Snyder. I, yeah. I mean, it's I, I don't want to talk about this game for too long. Uh Tua, however, is yeah. the starting quarterback. Yes. For the Dolphins going yes. forward, I'm going yes. to be very interested. I'm surprised. Um, like I'm not. not that not. I'm not surprised that Tua is starting at this point in the season. I'm surprised that a the Dolphins have played as well as they have, and that Ryan Fitzpatrick has played as well as he has, and now he's getting benched. I, I thought the Dolphins. He didn't play that great against. He didn't play the that Jets. bad. He, he went 18 for 27 for 191 yards. He threw three touchdowns, but had two interceptions. His best game came against the 49ers, and right. he followed that up with a two-interception performance to the Jets. I agree with Miami. I agree their front offense and, and Brian Flores. It's, it's two a time now. See if maybe – Maybe because they're three and three right now. See if maybe you can make a fucking wild card push. I capture that momentum. I will say, is there a player in the league that has more fun playing football than Fitzpatrick? That guy is always laughing and smiling and just talking shit. This guy loves playing football, like genuinely from the bottom of his heart, enjoys the game of football. And it's, it's, it's an instant invigorating to watch. I like watching him play football. And And I'm not a dolphin spam bay. Any means of distraction. That and the, Dolph- the Dolphins get the Rams at home this week. Rams yeah. coming off a of, uh, 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 yeah, yeah. I think that's the next game we're getting into. It's, it's two games away. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be coming up. But the, fuck the Rams is- are not looking great. They're looking vulnerable. 
and the Dolphins are looking strong. That's going to be a tough one to predict next week. But we both got the A's there, four points to our GPA. The next game, before we get to the Niners and the Rams, is going to be the Packers and the Bucks. We already talked about this. We talked about them in the last segment. Packers and Bucks, we both uh, took the Packers to cover. We were both very we were wrong. Both, we were both very wrong, yes. and it's the last time I'm betting on Green Bay against a good team. <laughs> so those are zeros on our GPAs. We already talked about that game, so we're going to go ahead and move straight on to the Rams and the Niners. Now the Rams were a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Both of us took the Rams to cover, given the horrifically injured state of the Niners. The Niners, turns out, have – some offensive pieces back and are able to actually do something with them. Was this a flash in the pan game for Garoppolo or is this something that Niner fans have to look forward to for the rest of the season? Is this hope for Niner fans? No, it is not. And here's why it's the same case you make for the games that Baker Mayfield has looked really good. Jimmy Garoppolo did what Garoppolo was supposed to do. He's a game manager. He made a lot of his, a lot of his yardage came on dink and dunk plays. He he had one really good pass on a fourth and two that he put it on a dime to Kittle, sure, but it was a zero-gap blitz. Kittle only had to beat one guy. Like, that was it. And he, and he took it. That fourth and two, he took it all the way for the touchdown. Um, This is a flash in the pan. And I also, after this week – I have the 49ers beating the Patriots. Um, I, I didn't see enough. Their defense is still shelled up. Raheem Moster is out for he's, – he's, he's headed back to the IR, so he's at least gone for three more weeks. Uh, Jamichael Hasty, their undrafted rookie uh, running back that they drafted, he should be getting more light – he should be getting more touches than uh, 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 Jarek McKinnon. Um, no, this is, if you, what, what, what you watched Sunday night gave you any faith that this team is playoff bound or divisional round NFC championship, you're high as fuck. And you need to be real because Garoppolo is not that dude. Garoppolo made a lot of his money on the dink and dunk. He's not the guy. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I I look at the Niners and uh, I kind of see them as the NFC version of the Houston Texans who are going to not necessarily finish with a great record, but are going to be a tough out and very difficult to predict every week. Like I, I, I after what I watched, uh, New England struggle so hard. I actually like – I made my early pick on that game last night on on my 49er podcast that I do on my own. Mm-hmm. I have I for the faithful, the, by the way. You guys got to check it out for the faithful. I picked the 49. The the Patriots are favored by three as of right now, and I made that pick Monday night. Line could go up, down, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I have I have San Francisco winning this game. Hmm. I th- I feel like. The lack of weapons that the Patriots have in the offensive side of the ball will counter with 
what the Niners are missing on the defensive side of the ball due to injury. But it showed. Kyle Shanahan showed, and I don't know why he continues to go away from this type of fucking game plan. If you fucking establish the run, get the ball out of Garoppolo's hands, just like Baker Mayfield, you can you can win the game. Mm-hmm. You can win the game. You got you just got your, you, you motherfuckers just got your dicks kicked in by Miami a week ago, and you just beat a four and one team. Yeah. At at the same time, I'm picking them to be, uh, to win against New England, and that and that's going to be it for me betting on the Niners until they play the Redskins in Week 14 or the <laughs> Washington Football Team. Excuse me, everybody. After that, no, I'm five and eleven is tops for the 49ers. That's it. All right. So we're gonna do one of the things that we just did here for your team. We're gonna do the same thing for my team. That is, we're pretty much gonna skip over the game ahead of them, and that's the Dallas Cowboys and the Cardinals, because we already talked about that game at length. Yes. Um, so we both took F's. Sorry, excuse me. Uh I said uh, no, we did I, not. I took an F. You took the A on the Cardinals. I got yes, the zero I points. Did. You got the four points. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about the Chiefs and the Bills before we get into our upset picks of the week. And and I told you earlier I had a little little bit of venting to do about the Bills. Yes. Let all it right. out, buddy. Let okay, it out. So, so first of all, I want to make it very clear that the, the, the Chiefs were the better team this game. And they deserved to win this game. No arguments from me whatsoever on that point. That being said, if you're a Bills fan, I I believe that you have to be disappointed on how this game played out. Not just through the first three quarters, but especially the fourth quarter where the Bills just shot themselves in the foot with penalties. Just dumb, dumb Dumb penalties, right? This in, includes Trey Davis White and his uh, pushing a receiver clearly who's out of bounds. Most of the play is over. Just, just silly. And then r- the very next play, another 15-yard roughing the passer as he's going out of bounds. And then when we get the ball back, even though the game's already been decided, right, we're down by nine points. We don't really have any chance of winning this game. We've used up all our touchdowns. But we're in a hurry-up offense. We're still trying to go for it. Our starters are all, are on the field. And we make a play, and then on the next play, we snap the ball quickly. Josh Allen throws it to Cole Beasley for like a 20-yard gain, but there's a penalty on the play. And what is it? It's Stefan Diggs who decided he was going to walk back to the line of scrimmage on their previous play and not get set in time, right? One of three mental penalties, just mental, no reason to have them penalties after the two obvious, obvious unsportsmanlike conduct penalties uh, earlier. Look, the, the Bills shot themselves in the foot. And the thing that kills me is Stefan Diggs of all people. The guy, the miracle from Minnesota, you remember that guy? Yeah, that guy gave up in the last two minutes of the game. And, yes, it was a nine-point game. Yes, 
we were long shots. But you score a touchdown, you kick a field goal, uh, an onside kick and recover it, you never know. You have a guy who can make that you-never-know play happen. And he didn't care to make it happen. As good of a game as Stefan Diggs had, that, that touchdown he had in the second quarter was beautiful. Just just beautiful reception. Bills fans got to be upset about that. I know I am. It, it killed me. And and the other thing, and Tyler, I remember earlier I asked you to talk to me about the, the two-point conversion, right? So the Bills scored a touchdown late later in the game, right? And it was a... I'm trying to I'm trying to recall the score. It was a five point game or six point game. I think it was five point game. They went for the the point is they went for the uh one point conversion. They got it. And then the Kansas State Chiefs went down. Yeah, it was a five point game. They went for the one point. They got it. Okay. Chiefs went down, kicked a kicked a field goal. It became a nine-point game. It was a seven-point game. Seven-point game. They kicked the one-pointer. They should have gone for two. They should have gone for two because Mm -hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs were rolling on offense. Yes. And there was a very good chance you were only Mm going to hold them to a field goal. So here's my point as to what my fucking big kerfuffle was about – the two point conversions. I really only give a shit about people going for two if it's in games that matter. Mm-hmm. The Washington Redskins against the Giants, that game does not matter. Right, right. All that all that game has is implications in next year's draft order. And sure. I really don't give a shit. But in a game like this, where you've got two top tier teams in the AFC, right. yeah, the Bills should have at least they should have gone for two. They should have they at least considered it because they sent that they sent that kick team out way too fast. They were down by seven after the after the after the touchdown. Yeah. Right? So if you go for two and you fail, you're still down by a touchdown. Yeah. Right. If you go for one and you get it, okay, you're down six. Great, cool, whatever. But the Chiefs were running all over the place on that defense. I could have told you we will be like, if you were a Bills fan after that drive, and you said, if you could hold him to a field goal, that'd be awesome. Well, okay. To take that stance, you got to go for two. You got to go for two. And I'm not like the guy that's looking into analytics, all super crazy and being like, Oh yeah, this is when you go for one. This is when no, that was the situation to me where I was a bill fans. And I was shouting at the TV to go for two. I agree with you. Um, ultimately, what killed the, your team was the fact that they could not stop the run, which yes. honestly surprised me. Because even up until the fourth quarter, they were the Chiefs were averaging five to six yards a clip a carry. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that time of possession is what did y'all in. Yeah. I, I don't I don't feel like the like the Bills played a bad game. No, it's, no. It's just yeah. it's, the Chiefs were able to control the clock for almost seventy percent of that game. Yeah, we were, yeah, no, I agree, and a lot of credit to Edward Zelaire who was able to make the linebackers miss. And when I say miss, I don't mean miss on the oh, tackle. Oh my god, some I of mean, it was. I mean miss on the gap, right? Oh, like man. 
the, the there was I can't remember how many plays I saw the replay of where he gashes for seven, eight, nine yards, where you know the the the, the D linemen are locked in with the O linemen. Okay, whatever. That's when the linebackers have to come in and commit to a gap, and he got the linebackers to commit to the wrong gap, and he is so shifty. And that is something that people don't recognize in football enough because they think it's all about breaking the tackle or breaking it for a big gain. No, if you can, if you can uh, misdirect the defense enough to make consistent gains, you're doing your job on offense. This was like the first real week where the NFL got to see how shifty he can be mm-hmm. on a consistent basis. Like mm-hmm. he's had flashes, but man, he made he made the fucking linebacking core for the Bills look fucking silly on multiple yeah. occasions oh, so silly all right yeah but anyway i picked kansas city to win but i did not think they would cover i thought we'd put them closer and you know what if stefan Diggs had decided he was gonna hustle his ass back on offense we very well could have scored a fucking garbage time touchdown and made it so that we fucking cover the line but he didn't and so we didn't and so you got the a and i got the c Let's talk about the upset picks. This is where things skew back to my favor here. First up, Lions and Jags. You took the Lions to win this one. I didn't see it happening. Yeah. I covered a a significant chunk of this already when we talked about what I was wrong about. Yeah. Um, Yeah. This was a... This is a, I'm not even going to say this is an embarrassing loss by the Jaguars because the Jaguars are a horrible fucking team and franchise. This was a really bad pick by me. Well, one thing that gets overlooked with the Lions is prior to the Jaguars game, yes, they were one in, I think it was one in three or one in four, one in three, I believe. And they had a bye week already. So one in three. Yeah. Um, they had the toughest strength of schedule of any team in the league going into that game. So, yeah, they were one in three, but they had played against good teams, and they're not a horrible team. They're not a great team, but they are a middle-of-the-pack team, and the Jaguars are not. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I've i got nothing to say. I've got nothing else to say on this game. Like, I stated I'm watching you sip the beer that I bought you for for your win. Yes, thank you very much. You're very welcome, my buddy. I I I just yeah, yeah. I'm more interested in, I'm more interested in talking about your upset pick. Fair enough. So you told me I was higher than Duck Pussy when I made this pick. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I, look, I, sometimes you can't explain things. I had a hunch, and I'll be honest, that hunch had mo- more than anything to do with the fact that Dalvin Cook was out for this game. And sure enough, the Vikings proved what a lot of people, I think, believe, which is Dalvin Cook is what makes this team move. He is the motor for the Vikings. I thought Madison would at least be able to replicate a little bit of it. No. 10 carries for 26 yards. Okay, but his quarterback didn't help either. Mm-hmm. Three interceptions. Get the fuck out of here. I don't care. I don't care about his three touchdowns. Okay. Cause I, I I'm not 
saying this is a fact, but I'm willing to hedge my bets that those three interceptions came in the first half. Uh, I believe at least two of them. At did. least two. Yes. The first, was, okay, the first one came on the first play of the game yep. for the Vikings. Yep. So I remember that. Um, and the second one came not not too long after that. I'm going off memory here. I'm, dude, I, I was watching pieces of that game. I know he threw three. I'd be willing. I there's a part of me that thinks he threw all three of those in the first half, though. The 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 credit to the uh, to the Falcons. They built a huge lead and finally, for once, held on to it. And you know what they did? That they have they they stayed aggressive. And it sucked for me because I happen to have Todd Gurley in fantasy football, but they kept passing the ball when they were in the lead, and. That was well, the right. Handing, thing they weren't handing it to him anyways. Gurley had 20 carries for 47 yards. He was averaging right. 2.4 a clip. Right. right, but I mean, they they continue to throw it. Is my point right? As opposed when when they would get a bad carry with Gurley, they would throw it as opposed that's to second, running it another time. That second touchdown to Julio was such fucking garbage. Oh yeah, on the uh, was it like a fourth down? Like. Oh, Matt Ryan's Cooper. making it look like he's going to run. And then, yeah, no, it was, no, it wasn't. He just, he's just, like, Matt Ryan's looking like he's going to run towards the sideline. Then, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to dump it to Julio three yards away, and he's going to run it in. Yep, yep. Fucking, that was, let me go ahead and correct myself. Where I was wrong the most was I advised people who had Julio, even if he was declared healthy at game time, not to start him. Eight catches, Oof. 137 yards, two touchdowns. He was that that's a top five wide receiver performance for the week, if not top three. I'd be damn, he's probably damn near damn to one behind or one, maybe two behind Justin Jefferson, who had nine for 166 for, and two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, Julio hadn't shown that shit through the first couple of weeks, and Calvin Ridley, like he was gonna be the new big dick in town, but no, nope. Julio showed up and he showed out in this fucking week, man. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a dominating performance by, by Atlanta. Who who by the way, like yeah, they did give up some points to the Falcon uh, to the Vikings in the second half. Their defense showed up for for some pretty good stretches of the game, including showed up for the including a one yard goal line stand. They showed up for the first half. Yeah. Yeah. And they showed up enough for the second half to hold on, which is more than they've done for other games this season. So sure. Sure. congratulations uh, to the Falcons. They got their first win of the year. And congratulations to you for getting the first upset pick of the season right. Good for you. Hey, that puts us a combined, what, one in, one in five? <laughs> yeah, one in five. Yeah, that was the first one right. <laughs> So, you know, you have to understand we, we do we do require ourselves to pick at least one upset pick every week. And that means that, you know, we're going to have at least one game where we're going against the spread and we do our best. We don't always get it right. But coming up after this segment, we will give you guys our final grade. So we've we've given you guys the breakdown of each game and what we scored for each game. The final GPA is coming up as well as a week seven prediction for the Thursday night uh, matchup. Stick around. More football talk coming up next. Welcome back, everybody. 
it is time to release the final GPA for this week's report card. And if you thought Tyler was winning, or if you thought DC was winning, guess what? You're wrong because we tied this week. Yep. This week, both of us got a 2.29 GPA, which is like, you know, a high-ish C. It's like the Bengals playing the Eagles. We're tying bitches. (laughs) Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Our overtime had to be a little better than that. We were like on the high end of the C scale. So, you know what I mean? Like we couldn't have been that bad. I'm okay with this. Um, that would make me two zero oh, and one, and you o oh, two and one. So you're still without a win. This is true. Through three true. weeks, I am okay with this. I and I took some big swing. Yeah, but you this know week, what? And it it didn't pay out. So we are both one and one on side bets, and I am I am one and three compared to your zero oh, and three on the upset picks so it's it's getting closer it's getting closer you'd be you would be one and two and i'm zero and three in the upset picks sir no, I'm, we've I'm, only we've only been doing this for three weeks you're not one and three you're one and two correct yeah you won one i'm zero and three we're one and one in in, 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 in our side bets my record yes, yes. you no, you're welcome and but uh, it, when it comes to picking games correctly i am still statistically slightly more correct yep. doesn't matter doesn't matter dubs a dub bitch so we are going to look at this thursday night's game which we finally have one we did not have one last week and it is between the two powerhouse teams the new york giants and the philadelphia eagles man thursday nights suck i'm sorry i didn't hear a word you just said so this week's game is the giants and the eagles yeah yeah and like Thursday nights have sucked. Like ever since week one, where we were treated to the Chiefs and the Texans. Yeah. And even that was eh, not such a great treat, but like, whatever, I'll take it. Every Thursday night game has been a disappointing matchup to say the least. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I really don't see this week being much different. Yeah. So the Eagles are a four point favorite going into this game. Who you got? Uh, I've got the Eagles. I didn't hear what the spread was and I'm taking them to cover four. Doesn't matter. I was about to say, I'm taking them to cover no matter. Um, Yeah. Even with the the plethora of injuries that the Eagles have going on on the offensive side of the ball, they could get Alshon Jeffrey back. He was almost a game-time decision this last week. Deshaun Jackson, maybe. Deshaun Jackson's looking like a go. Miles Sanders, an injury in uh, last week's game, he's out. If you're looking for a fantasy sleeper or a Mm -hmm. must-add off the waiver wire, it is Boston Boston Scott. Boston Scott, yep, yep. You put in your claim for Boston Scott? I didn't. I did. Yeah, yeah. I put it. I put it. I put in a claim in our money league for two different running backs. 
Mm. But dropping the same person, I'll be okay if I get either one. So I'm three and three, baby. I'm back in the playoff hunt. I'm sorry, aren't you two and four, Mister? I was talking about this shit. Yeah, I am two and four, and somehow I can't get off of being number eleven on the waiver wire. Like I've been number eleven for three consecutive weeks on the waiver wire. I'm not (laughs) quite sure what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been it's been rough, but. I still lead the league in points scored, so I feel like I can bounce back at any point. Aren't you the number 11 team? Oh, I'm sorry, you're number 10 team I am out of 12. Team. Number one in points scored out of 12. Um, number one. Congratulations. So you're the Cowboy. You are the Cowboys or the Tampa Bay, Buc- Tampa Bay Buccaneers from last year of our fantasy league. Good job. Yeah, except that statistically speaking, odds are I will get back in the win column sooner rather than later. Who knows, man? Um, I know, and I'm really not. I'm not too worried about it. So I'm going to look at this game here between the Eagles and the Giants, and I will agree with you that the Eagles will win. I, I do think it might be closer than people realize. Like, yeah, Are you taking the under? No, I'm not taking the under. I'm taking the over. I don't know why the fuck you're talking about Eagles. Okay. I'm taking, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I, I don't think it will be a blowout at all. I think it's going to be like a one touchdown. Yeah, I, I agree, but you don't. It could be a lot closer than most people would think. No, saying that means uh, no. Okay, all right. Yeah, carry on. No, all right. So give me your bust. Give me, give me your stud. Give me your dud. Who, who's going to ball out this game? Who's going to Who's going to not ball out this game? So my stud in this game, kind of making his way into people's lineups over i won't say the last two weeks because don't pick fulgum don't pick fulgum i'm picking fulgum i don't know why ah. I like don't get me wrong i have fulgum on my lineup so i'm gonna start him this week and i agree with you i just didn't want you stealing my pick i like fulgum this week man yeah no but, obviously like, i mean who doesn't like fulgum this week I like Fulgham. And on the opposite side of the ball, I also think this could be a nice game for Darius Slayton. Um, if you're grabbing Boston Scott off of the waiver wire, if you're, I would start him possibly in an RB2. But if you can start Boston Scott as a flex, you're looking really solid. My dud this week, however, is going to be Devontae Freeman, who I had as a sleeper last week. He put up decent sleeper numbers mm-hmm. i would expect those to evaporate this week against a hurt but solid uh run defense for the philadelphia eagles so i agree with your sleeper pick fulgham is also my sleeper pick mm-hmm. but i disagree i disagree wholeheartedly with your bust right darius slayton is a dud this week He's a dud this week. All right. Slayton versus Slay. I'll give it to Slay. And Slayton banged up his ankle. He's he's questionable to play. He might not even play. I do not see Slayton, if he plays, having a big game this week. If you're a Slayton owner, look for other options. I mean, you're not terribly wrong. I'm not we wrong were talking at all. We- all right, calm the fuck down. <laughs> Not wrong at all. Okay, but but when you're talking about this New York Giants offense, 
someone like Slayton, Golden Tate, they have the potential to have nice weeks based off of volume alone because this team is primarily going to be playing from behind. Yeah, but based on volume, look, Slayton has not had very much consecutive success. He had a good week last week. Odds are he's not going to have a great week this week. Evan Ingram, Golden Tate are much better options. That's why he's a sleeper type pick. No, I'm not no, saying he's not a sleeper. Throw him. I'm not saying throw nope. him in your wide receiver too, you fucking asshole. I'm saying if you are fucking hurting and you're going, oh fuck, I don't have an, I, I don't, I, I've got Slayton on my bench. I got some dudes on by. Go with Golden Tate. Like, but I, the guys I have on the on by aren't worth dropping. Like, yeah, you'd be better off maybe starting Slayton as opposed to anyone else you could pick off the waiver wire. There's no reason to be an asshole about it. I'm not saying this dude's going to finish a top 15 play. I'm saying he could be a good flex play based on volume alone. I'm not, I'm not taking any giants receiver with a banged up ankle as a flex play. No, fuck that. All right. Might I remind you, this is the same dude who bought super high into Terry McLaurin and I'm sorry it took me a bit to respond. I was drinking the beer that I won from, you know, beating you on the side bet. So my Can you believe that shit? $14 for a six pack. Ah. And he had the audacity to fucking yell at me for a 30 rack he owed me, which I split into two 15 packs. Never yelled at you. Okay, shut up. I'm not done talking. He's, I split Never it in two fifty. Shut the fuck up, Baldy. I'm not done talking. Never I split it up into two 15 packs, which Reds does sell 15 packs in the cans. Never that shit is. Yelled. I hate you. <laughs> you are so fucking infuriating to do this shit with. Yeah, I know. But all right. Had I. Let's say we had better 30 rack and I had one. And oh, I God, said, no, hey, no, no, hey, no, Tyler, no, we're not, we're not having, give me five of these, this argument. we are, we are $14, we six packs podcast. It's, t- it's at- bitch. It is after fucking 1030 at night. You don't have to go to fucking work tomorrow at fucking fucking 6am. Like I do. We are not doing work arguments on our fantasy or our football fucking podcast. This is a side Fuck bet you. argument based off of our fantasy it's not, football. It's not about the side bets over. Hmm. It's over. Ah. You got your expensive ex, expensive ass six pack. I got my 15, two 15 racks. It's over. Just, I'm, 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 I'm going to leave the fucking Zoom call. I'm not even fucking around, dude. Uh, Tyler, you got any other big predictions for the Thursday night game? No, because it's two bad yeah. teams. Who, 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 fucking who, cares? who gives a shit? <laughs> I agree. I agree. What are you looking forward to for the weekend games? Um, give me one game you're looking forward to. You don't have to give me a prediction or anything like that. Just give me one game you're looking forward to. Steelers Ravens. Yeah, I'm looking forward I, to that I game a lot. That's gonna be a good game. I'm looking forward to that game a lot. Yeah. That is that is my game of the week. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. All right. Well, we hope all you guys have a wonderful night. Wonderful day. Whatever time of fucking day you're listening to this podcast, we hope you guys do well. We hope you enjoyed our recap. We hope you have a great luck and great uh, fucking football weekend coming up in week seven. From Tyler and myself. You do, you do, you do know we're going to talk to them again before week seven. 
No. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I no, mean, I suppose. Yeah, you know. 49ers fans, new episode of For the Faithful out went up last night. Find it on all the same fucking streaming avenues. You can find it. Uh, the our unsportsmanlike commentary fucking podcast on. Follow me on Twitter. T-K-L-E-I-N-49ers, T-Klein49ers on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter for this podcast, Unsportscom Comment, right? Yep, that's correct, Unsports Comment. And if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, oh, I got, no. I got, I'm not doing a podcast for you guys. Oh, so I'm to, <laughs> really? There's, there's nothing. Like, oh, yeah, I love the Bills, but I'm not. Like, I got enough. I, I don't have enough time to be making two podcasts. So. I got I got 30 minutes on a Monday to gripe about a fucking team that I scream about for three hours every Sunday. Fair enough. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Y'all take care. Follow us on Twitter at unsport comment. Watch us on fucking Apple podcast. Listen to us. Excuse me. Apple, Apple podcast, Spotify, overcast, bleaker. Like what else we got? We got fucking a ton of them. Bleaker. What is we're on bleaker now? Breaker. No, we're not. Breaker. We're breaker. breaker. You we're are breaker. fucking up, bud. You are going to be in charge of children tomorrow. <laughs> rocket cast. Hey, you name pocket, it. Pocket, pocket casts. Not no, rocket casts. Don't, don't we have a rocket no, one? No, it's pocket casts, you fucking <laughs> idiot. You said rocket. You're a fucking dummy. Oh, we got Radio Public and uh, Google Podcasts as well. Also <laughs> Anchor. Also Anchor. So, <laughs> dude, no, dude, you gotta understand. Like Ooh. these beers you bought me are nine point three percent. I don't care, and I'm on number just, five. I'm gonna be paying attention. And by number five, to, I mean I'm on number six because I finished number five. I'm going to be paying strict attention as to who the principal is for any school that my <laughs> child goes into. If I see fucking. Anyone with your, I'm not going to say your name, but if I see DC and I'm going to be like, uh, yep, no, absolutely not. Nope. You hear that? Washington, DC schools. Tyler's not sending his kids your way. Anyways, that wraps it up. Y'all have a good night. Take care. You are, Tyler, you are any last words? Douche. I yeah, am you're douche. an unbearable douche. Any other douche. last words? No, that was it. That was it. I'm a douche. All right. Fair enough. Hey. Have a good night, everyone.